0: Welcome back to our Busting Addiction and It's Myths podcast. I'm Bruno Jay, and I have updated the introduction to our episodes in order to address an issue that we cannot ignore, nor do we want to. It looks like COVID-19, the coronavirus, will be with us for some time, some say for another year or two. People are as frightened as they ever have been. They seek safety for their families above all, protection from the virus and from economic insecurity. But many families also face an added burden, drug addiction and alcoholism in their own homes, and what to do about it. There's something you should know. We, Safe House Rehab Thailand, were founded on the idea of safety. We hold on to the truth that clients deserve to come to a treatment clinic where they can at least feel safe and sound. Devoting ourselves to safety first gives us the firm foundation upon which everything else is constructed. Hence our name, Safe House Rehab Thailand. Thailand has been recognized as one of the world's safest places to be during the pandemic. Further, we at Safe House have made the right adjustments so that clients and staff remain and feel safe and sound. Masks are mandatory as is social distancing, mandatory hand cleaning, daily blood oximeter readings, which is an early warning measure, and if by chance someone, anyone doesn't feel well, the local hospital in Bang Bung is only minutes away. My podcast, Busting Addiction and Its Myths, is dedicated to serving families of still-suffering al- addicts and alcoholics by providing evidence-based advice and insights so that you can make a better informed decision on what to do and what not to do. We are sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, dedicated to a modern approach to recovery, which means that we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to diagnostics, technology, and aftercare. To learn how we can help, just visit safehouserehab.com where we post the latest news. Hi, this is Bruno Jay again, and welcome to Episode 8 of Season 5 of my podcast, Busting Addiction and Its Myths. This episode is dedicated to answering the question, what does success look like, and how do you get there? First, I want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, the premier drug and alcohol rehab dedicated to enhancing the art and science of recovery. This is a plug for my sponsor, who has given me the opportunity to help the families and loved ones of alcoholics and addicts better understand the nature of the disease and what they can and shouldn't do about it. We say in our podcast and blog that our primary goal is to help you make an informed decision at this critical stage of your life. Safe House Rehab Thailand represents the modern approach to recovery, founded on safety, which is why we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs, when it comes to intake and detox, technology, and aftercare. To learn more, please visit safehouserehab.com or email us at info at safehouserehab.com. We'd love to hear from you about our podcast or anything else that might be on your mind. If your loved one is an active or recovering addict or alcoholic, you are likely struggling with answers to your many questions as to how to help get your loved one clean and sober. You might have even heard or read that you were essentially powerless over the trajectory of his or her disease, and that news can be disheartening. It's also essentially true, with the rare exception of a successful intervention, but even that success is qualified by how sincerely the addict follows through on his commitment to a lifetime of recovery. So in answer to an oft-asked question, what is your rehab success rate, we ask you to pause and ask exactly what is meant by success rate. First, most rehabs will quote a completion of treatment rate as a sign of success, and there's really nothing wrong with that, so long as it's fairly and accurately reported. And most rehabs will report in the 90th percentile anyway. The success rate question is really a trick question, as if the rehab is responsible for everything the addict does after he leaves treatment. So here's a better question. What is the rehab doing to give the discharged client the advice, the tools, and the follow-up care that will enable the client, the client on his own, to embark on building and implementing his own recovery? For example, our aftercare program, which we call WeCare, includes a full kit of customized tools, such as advanced contact with 12-step groups in the client's hometown, scheduled follow-up sessions using Zoom, Skype, or other platforms, and advice for parents, among others. The point is this, the client must assume personal responsibility for his sobriety program and must hold himself accountable. One of the 12 spokes on our We Care, Care of Recovery, Wheel of Recovery rather, for example, speaks to the need to avoid triggers such as your old using friends, which you will discover, with rare exceptions, are not really your friends, just using buddies. You need to make that distinction, and you need to take that action. What is the responsibility of the rehab is to give every client the best possible chance of getting clean and sober in short order, and in that short 30, 60, 90 day stay, or perhaps longer, learning how to stay clean and sober for life. So what do you think it takes to get and stay clean and sober for your entire life, or for the entire life of an addict or an alcoholic? Do you think it requires a vow to stay clean and sober for the rest, quote, the rest of my life? Exactly the opposite. The only way to achieve a lifetime sobriety is to do it one day at a time. Sounds like a cliche, but it really isn't. This idea is rather sophisticated as it reflects an existential truth in that the future does not really exist except as an idea. Therefore, the burden of forever disappears, and the only thing one needs to do is to stay clean and sober today because you only get today anyway. This is what I tell the guys that I sponsor in AA. You can stay sober forever if you stay sober today. You know why? They go, why, boss? Because, Buster, it's always today. Eckhart Tolle became world famous over a simple idea. The power of now. Over and over he talks about the liberating power of the now, about how being fully present is the greatest gift you can give the world, the ones you love, and yourself. So ultimately, being fully present in sober life is the most worthy goal and when it does take place, The recovering person will experience the full measure of joy and freedom she has sought all along. Here's another myth I want to bust. That the life of a recovering person is one of controlling his urges and being uptight and watchful and so on. That one has to turn turn, one's back on fun and that, I quote, can't have any fun without getting high. First, there's no need to control anymore since the obsession to drink and use will have been lifted, usually early in the recovery process and definitely within a few months with rare exceptions. Some call that a miracle. Some see it as an awakening to the truth that drinking and using are a violation of one's innermost and most precious self. However, you wish to explain that. Every sober person who has practiced the principles of recovery, usually in the context of a 12-step program, but not always, and that's okay, we can only speak for the success and the steps required, Uh, in a 12-step sobriety program, the person who uh, who has reported to you that they have um, practiced these principles, they'll tell you they don't even think about using or having any desire to use alcohol or drugs 99% of the time. So there's a difference between having the thought and having the thought turn into a craving. The recovering people I know, those with years of sobriety, report uh, report that they, as I do, have thoughts once in a while like, Gee, that beer looks nice and cold. But the craving to actually act on the thought is most rare. I've had those thoughts a few times a year and dreams of drinking, the meaning of which I'll discuss at some point. But only once in 27 years have I had a serious desire, which took about 30 seconds to pass after I thought about the consequences and asked for help from on high. I I knew better. Does that remind you of the saying, you shall know the truth and it shall set you free? One of the promises in sobriety is that we shall know a new freedom and a new happiness. Imagine a program of discipline promising freedom. That's one of the most contrary ideas I had ever heard. One never equates discipline with freedom. But if we do what we're at, what you're asked to do, then we are freed of the obsession of drink and use, guaranteed, which is why it's stated as a promise. It's a conditional promise. It says if we work for them, but it is a promise, and promises do come true if we do what we're supposed to do. One never equates victory with surrender either. Such are the paradoxes. It is ultimately only by surrendering our will to this, to fight this on our own, through the admission of our own personal powerlessness, that we will achieve victory over alcohol and drugs, if only one day at a time. You can challenge these concepts all you like. Of course, I only report my observations and the common experience of those who have recovered their sanity and rightful place in society, and I've been around now for 27 years. What are the hidden gems in all of this? What were the few things that sparked a revolution in achieving success and sobering up up alcoholics? started in 1935. Please understand that AA does not claim to have all the answers. That's brilliant in its own right. We only say, this is what happened to us. Would you care to join us? All of this can be summed up in three short sentences in the end. I make comments after that. So the first one is trust God. And by that we mean any higher power of your understanding, whether it's the group or Buddha, traditional Christian God, God with a small g, uh, any of those things. The brilliance of it is is that we choose our own conception of a higher power. This is a big, big fence. Number two, clean house, which means get honest, make your amends, admit your faults, and uh, make your reparations on the basis of a list of people that you have believed you've harmed. And you go to every one of them and look them in the eye and hold yourself accountable without beating yourself up either. Number three is help others. This This is absolutely the key to long-term sobriety. Allow me to explain why number three, this last one, of helping others is so important. And it's critical, in fact. It's just not a nice idea. It's a critical idea. It's a beautiful idea. One of the defining characteristics of addicts is their extreme self-centeredness. If all you ever think about is where to get the next hit or high or drink, there's not too much room for anyone else, is there? If you're consumed by meeting your own needs above anyone else's, do you even give the other person's needs a thought? If you are given to lie, to cheat, to steal, in order to get what you want, then what good does it do to be held accountable? It's always somebody else's fault, right? The essential realization that needs to happen is that true sobriety can only come from character development. Through a transformation from a selfish state to a state of being as a selfless persona. That's the obvious but also hidden in plain view truth of the whole thing. It is rarely ever, ever seen that way by outside observers. Quite a different story on the inside of what we call the rooms of AA. There are two main purposes to an Alcoholics Anonymous AA meeting. It's so simple. That's you know, a problem. It's too simple maybe for some people because they're looking for a secret when there isn't one. To stay sober and to help another alcoholic achieve sobriety. Done. You know, For, for without the second, without helping another uh, alcoholic achieve sobriety, we cannot have the first. For someone was there when I came staggering in, now it's my turn to pay back the gift that was freely given me, to do righteous work, maybe even save a life. Imagine that! I shall have more to say about a truly joyous and inspired life of sobriety in the next episode of my podcast. In the meantime, this is what we covered today. 1. A success rate for a rehab is a misnomer because almost all success in staying clean and sober relies on the client's owning his or her own recovery after treatment. Two. We at Safehouse recognize the responsibility that we have for giving our clients the best possible chance of long-term success. That's why we provide all clients with a suite of customized tools and assistance through our We Care Aftercare program. Three, one day at a time speaks to a deep truth. It means that we can achieve sobriety, victory over addiction for the long term, but we can only do it one day at a time. It keeps us focused on the only day that really matters, the only day that exists, and that's today. Four, There are paradoxes we never thought about before recovery, that there's victory and surrender when we were always taught to fight, and that there's liberation and discipline when we thought that discipline meant constraint. Five, helping other alcoholics and addicts stay clean and sober is what we call the magnificent reality of our fellowship. In so doing, we overcome the intrinsic selfishness that characterizes us as sick people undergoing now an essential healing experience nonetheless. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse Rehab represents the modern approach to recovery founded on safety as our first priority. We absolutely outperform traditional rehabs with a sophisticated intake protocol application of new techniques and a more robust aftercare program.